Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing character of wargaming in the mortal realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to Priority Roll. Today I'm joined by none other than the victor of the first round of this season's Warhammer Age of Sigmar Grand Tournament, Chris Caves, Jr. Welcome. Hi, greetings. Yeah. You must be pretty stoked. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool, because you, you just about missed out recently, didn't you? Yeah, just second and then soft scores kind of got in the way, but yeah, it's all good. All well, good now. congratulations. Yeah, as I say, you must be buzzing. Um, we are obviously going to be talking about the the an interesting topic, one that's generated quite a lot of online discussion, some of it reasonable, some of it not, uh, but we're going to be talking about Zinch. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, of Zinch hate out there. A <laughs> lot of Zinch hate. Do you, do you reckon it's uh, justified? Some of it um, depends what Zinc hit. Um, duplicitous is definitely a really bad thing. That should never have been in there. But uh, Conflagration, I think, is reasonable-ish. Reasonable-ish. So what we'll do, we'll, we'll talk through your list and uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll talk towards the end about uh, what might change in the future, what you can see changing and what you hope not to change. Uh, but for those who are listening who don't know who Chris Caves Jr. is, do you want to just uh, intro yourself? I'm 16, I live in Belfast, and I play way too much Warhammer. Uh, I should do GCSEs. No, this is my GCSE year. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, rather than revising, you're playing Warhammer? Yep. <laughs> I mean, Diablo 2 is my my thing, but, you know, uh, I can I can relate. I'm sh- showing my age there now that I uh, was playing Diablo 2 rather than revising for my GCSEs. <laughs> so, uh, so, Chris, do you want to run us through your, your list? Yeah, so I have a load of change with the Conflagration Command Trait and Artifact, so that gives uh, an aura of minus one to hit for missile weapons on top of his already Locus, then, which is also minus one to hit in combat. Then his Artifact is anytime he takes a wound from melee on a three-up, I do a mortal wound back to the attacking unit. Then I have a Changeling with Uncheck Mutation and a Herald with Bolt of Zeech and Aura of Mutability, which gives plus one to wound if you're wholly within nine of it, um, which is very, very important for the list because I have way so many flamers. Then um, I have six flamers, three flamers, three flamers, 20 pinks, 10 brims, and Umbral Spell Portal, Emerald Life Swarm, and Palisade. I think that's it off the top of my head. Change caster, Herald's Inch, and Exalted Flamer as well? Exalted Flamer, yep. And yeah. So in in a kind of couple of sentences, do you want to kind of summarize what the army does? So it's a lot of damage output, basically, um, with a very, very big screen uh, in the form of the pinks. So generally the pinks just are in the center, flamers behind them. They walk forward and go whoosh. Um, then you've got sort of nuisance value from the changeling. Uh, the Lord of Change dominates magic and the change caster can, if he gets going, can generate so many fate points with casting keep rolling nines for his spell because anytime he he has an ability anytime he casts a spell on a nine or more he gets to cast another spell and it can keep going and generate you so many fate points which can potentially turn into another unit of blues on on the table then the brims are just screens uh, and the exalted flamer and the herald are buffing their main role is to buff uh, the flamers in the list though so plus one to hit from the exalted flamer and plus one to wound from the herald from his artifact um emerald life's really interesting with the pinks because it allows you to return d3 pinks 
but then those pinks will split down into blues and those blues will split down into brims. So every model you return with life form is essentially five more wounds into the unit. That, that's a that's a huge kind of um, you know force multiplier, isn't it? So just just yeah. one one or two wounds can generate you many more wounds than you actually might think. Yes. Um, then it, it's also one of the only ways you can uh, do sort of the old zinc shenanigans in the book because. If you're three inches away from your opponent and you uh, move life swarm in between turns, if they win the priority roll, you move life swarm onto the pinks and set up a model within three, which can then pin them in in their turn. Which means if you lose priority, you pin them in, and if you win it, you just wipe them out. So that's it was a very very important thing I found. It didn't actually come up me pinning them in very often. I think I did it once over the weekend, but whenever it happened, it was quite important. Then Palisades, it was. It's, I love Palisade whenever I'm playing Zinch because shooting lists absolutely wreck me and there isn't much I can do about it other than Palisade. Uh, and Umbral Spell Portal, it's one of my fa- I think I've run it in every Zinch list I've ever played. Um, it combos so well with the Lord of Change's Infernal Gateway. Um, six mortal wounds on average from 38 inch range roughly with the uh, umbral spell portal it just means that if they decide to backboard and not move they're going to take six more wounds every turn they don't which then forces them to come up and my fl- if they come up my flamers go up and whoosh them um but yeah and then change host um just the ability to teleport is so terrifying for everyone because if i can put 20 pinks in your back line or six flamers and then exalted from anywhere on the board it's terrifying so essentially the new change host is at the start of your hero phase, if the Lord of Change from this battalion is your general and is on the battlefield, you can pick two other friendly units from this battalion and remove them from the battlefield. If you do so, set up these units again anywhere on the battlefield, more than nine inches from enemy units, that unit you set up cannot move in the following movement phase. Yeah, it's really it's really scary if um, because if my flamers destroy my flamers have a rough damage output of about sixty wounds at round minus one. It's it's nothing to be sniffed at, and then the pinks can also potentially if they get buffed up fully can do about twenty six at round one. So that's one round of shooting I can do like, getting close to eighty wounds. Never mind my mortal wounds from the magic. So it starts to get pretty uh, stacked in sort of the damage area so what made you specifically want to focus on change host with uh you know flamers and eternal conflagration rather than anything else well there's two i've always played change host i've played it for about the last year um i've always played zinch before that zinch was uh i was playing kairos and a load of enlightened and before that i played in first edition i played archeon and two sets of six enlightened uh, in a zinch army um so zinch has always been uh my main army which i take to events and then change host is it's very very uh it, it was the standout battalion in the book and it, so the main thing with the book is you really need a second artifact to get aura of mutability because the plus one to wound on all your shooting is terrifying then change host is the best battalion for that and in addition, it brings your drops down so you can control the first turn. How, then, many, how many drops is your list? Mine's one. One just drop. Just one, yeah. So if nothing else, it's a 50-50 for the first uh, turn. Of course, yeah. So horror heroes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So eight units in the combination. Horror of Her- horror heroes, Exalted Flames of Zinch, Horrors of Zinch, Flames of Zinch, Screamers of Zinch, Burning Chariots. Yeah. Because Changeling. Changeling is a horror hero. Is he a horror hero? That's impressive. Yeah. And Change car- Caster as well? Yeah. They're all horror heroes. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, the the only two builds mainly were Conflagration Chain Chost or Duplicitous Chain Chost. Chain Chost was just so strong with two teleports. Uh, the Conflagration focuses mainly on damage uh, and Duplicitous, it doesn't go for damage as much as it is. Well, the way it's designed is you teleport 20 pinks up, then you pull a 9 from your Destiny dice to get a 9-inch charge, and then you pin your entire opponent's army in with a 100 wound unit, which you can't retreat from, as it's the Duplicitous's uh, main ability. Yeah, no retreating inside of 3. Yeah. I also think that's why it's worse, because it just pins you in and you can't do anything. Because there are also sorts of uh, loads of weird stuff you can do, like putting Palisade in front of a unit and then tagging one corner of the unit and then one tagging a corner of a separate unit and then finishing within three of one unit but being behind the Palisade. So then they can't pile in round the Palisade without getting further away from the pink, but then they can't pile in at all over the Palisade. Yeah, that's, that's, that's horrible. Yeah. And whenever you've got things like uh, Umbral Spell Portal, which can potentially, if they've only got one caster, it's dead turn one. Yeah. Um, and then even teleporting the Change Herald, uh, Change Caster Herald up to do 2d6 mortal wounds potentially, that could kill your two casters in one go and then pin you in behind a Palisade. So that, that's, I, I played that and I really didn't like how it played. Um, it was just so silly because I won turn one. Then I also, uh, then it was over then. If they could get out of it or they could start off the board, I can't do much about that. Um, and it just, but it felt really bad playing with it whenever I was uh, up against it. Uh, or up my, I felt really bad for my opponents whenever I was practicing with it. Um, so then I was sort of lent more towards Conflagration. I also think it's the better list than Duplicitous, just because it has that versatility in the 20 pinks for your block. You've got the range threat from the Flamers damage output from the flamers you've got the still got the magical shutdown but it just it's more versatile and it doesn't have to take the turn one and doesn't rely on you rolling nine destiny dice and finding combination of nine to get your turn one charge like duplicitous does do you think do you think that uh risk in the dice uh, in you needing the nine for your destiny dice is that is that enough risk in the army my first two games at gt finals i didn't have a combination of nine thankfully i was playing conflagration but uh if I was playing Duplicitous, I would have easily lost those games just straight away. Um, because if you don't get that nine, or you're, if your opponent has some way to stop it, like something like Hyper Snare Seeds or uh, Kairos Fate Weaver, Kairos can change your dice um, after you've picked it from the Destiny pull. So I'm I'm going to a one day event this weekend, and I've got Kairos in the list in case I play Duplicitous because I just don't want to lose to that straight away. Um, so, so you mentioned you know losing straight away. Do you think this is this is an army that kind of that yes, does, does a combo and wins? Yeah, it just wins straight away if you get it right, and if you, the matchup and this, the other thing is the scenario has to be there. So you have to have a middle objective for Duplicitous to win easily turn one because if there's no middle objective, then if they control the middle of the board, then and the objectives are in your territory, it doesn't make any difference. You'll eventually chew through the pinks but then you'll still be even on points, whereas Duplicitous controls the middle of the board for three turns, 
then once you finally get through those pinks, they're too far ahead on points to win the game. That's how it wins. So there's a lot of there's a lot of really strong combos in the game. There's a lot of um, really strong strong lists out there. Some things like Hallow Heart. There's uh, OBR Petrofex. There's a lot of things that have recently got quite a lot of attention. And then even kind of going back a, a, a few stages of the meta ago, there's um, there's stuff like Skaven. And I know they've had an FAQ. You know, Old Flanesh, uh, Slanesh rather. Yeah. And I know they've also had an FAQ. Um, but having having strong crazy armies in Warhammer is has always been a thing. Do you think Zinch is just, or this flavor of Zinch is just another version of that, or do you think this is uh, on another level? It's it's no worse than what Feck and Skaven were in their prime. You know, whenever they were dominating the meta, and it was just I run forward with my dragon and I win, or I cast uh, Warp Lightning Vortex and I win. It's it's no different from that. Um, but I do think it's beatable because the the weakness in my conflagration list is the twelve claimers. Because that's only 24 wounds with a 5-up save. So if you have any sort of reasonable shooting, um, those will fall immediately. And then that's 60 wounds of damage output per turn gone. So how does someone uh, achieve removing flamers if you're one drop and are likely going first? Uh, I never. I actually only took the turn one against uh, on that last stream game. Ah, interestingly, because uh, that's the only one, obviously, that I saw. So I saw you go first, yeah. and I, I thought perhaps that was the, the tactic. So that's completely completely scuppered my question then. I based my assumption on that game that I watched. <laughs> so it's quite interesting, really. So you must give the turn away because you know that there isn't the opportunity to remove those, those flamers. Yeah. If there's no shooting... Um, there's no sort of range threat. I don't fear magical threats with the Lord of Change in the list. Whereas versus JP's catapults, you thought that was enough of a threat to need to take first turn. Although you did shut uh, JP's catapults uh, with your cha- uh, changing, didn't you? You shut them yes, down. Yes, so that was the main reason I chose to take the turn one. Because turn one, you can, if you think about it, you can normally figure out what's reasonably going to happen. So either way, the Mortec guard should be dead. But if those catapults hit really hard against me, um, those catapults are going to take out too many flamers and then I don't have the damage output. I actually, in that game, I forgot to teleport my 20 pinks. I realized after I started casting spells, that started the hero phase. So, um, but it's just how powerful, but OBR is such a good matchup against conflagration it's just because their re-rolling saves is only in the combat phase Mm -hmm. and all my shooting is at minus one round because of conflagration and it just absolutely wrecks them and even then after i forgot to teleport the unit it still deleted 20 more tech and took about 10 off the other unit so uh, what matchups did you have talk me through your matchups just a quick overview of who you got and then do you want to focus maybe on one game your toughest game yeah um, so I played round one. I played OBR. Round two, I played Declan Walters Iron. No, uh, Bigwa. Then I played I played more tribes, but it was mainly a Beast Claw more tribes. So two Stone Horns and ten Mornfang. Then um, it was twenty one Eels and a Celestin Prime with a Soul Scryer and Walternus. Uh, and that was against uh, one of the My Hills, wasn't it? Chris and, Myhill, game four. Yeah, gotcha. Tough game. Um, then game five was the string game. Um, that was uh, OBR, so two catapults, uh, Arcan cat across, standard build, uh, two sets of 20 more tech. So you said your list does very well against OBR, and their two out of your five games were against OBR. One happened to be the last game and was was very quick game uh, on the stream. So with 40% of your matchups being what you've assessed to be 
something that the list is very strong against. Do you think you got quite lucky in the matchups, or was that something you're expecting to see based on the meta? I was very much. We were all expect. I was actually expecting more OBR to be there than what there was. I think there was about eleven uh, players, but I was expecting. Uh, much more OBR, especially towards the top tables, um, just because of how dominant they were. But I didn't expect there would be so much Zeech there. It was nine Zeech armies and 11 OBR. So they're roughly the same. But then Zeech kept taking out the OBR at the top because it was just hard counters. And because duplicitous hard counters and conflagration just wipes them off the board. Um, I mean, to say what you want about Zeech players, there were nine of them. Yeah, you know, I know. The narrative gamers, to a, to a man. Yeah, start we started conspiracies and all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And you've kind of set you've set the standard for uh, for kind of faction. I think all chaos players should deconflict amongst themselves before they come to tournaments and make sure that there's the right number of them. Exactly. You know, I I will never do, I will never go for a Nurgle though. That Zinch forbids it. <laughs> That's the spirit. So um, you mentioned Chris Myhills was your toughest matchup. Do you want to kind of talk us through that game in a little bit more detail, rather than kind of doing a blow by blow count of all five? Uh, yeah. So that game. Let's see. So turn one, I gave it to him. He kept his Celestent in the sky and most of his eels at the back of the board with uh, sticks off what, the board. What made you? What made you decide to give it to him there? Um, because of how he deployed. Um, he de- he deployed his eels so far back that if I took turn one, he would get a turn one charge into me. Whereas if I give it to him, he either comes forward and gets wiped out by my flamers i knew he wouldn't do that but um if he did it just mean it just meant he wasted a turn all he did was move three eels up the board and his three ather wings uh just as a little chaff unit just to score four points to turn one then i moved forward slightly onto all five objectives with my heart one unit of 20 horrors uh, so that's a hundred wound unit on all three objectives then the flamers just took out the ather wings and uh, the three eels and said your go then i won priority and i gave it to him uh so most of the time you will always see as each player take or you'll see every player take the priority zinch if you ask as each player how they lost the game it will normally involve a double turn so if you pass the double turn and you keep passing it you can never get double turned yeah that makes sense so if you early. if you game yourself into a position where you can take the double as in you can, you sorry, you game yourself into a position where you can give away the, the turn, then you're never going to get double turn. Yeah, yes. And also me, it's also weird because your opponents always take the turn anyway, because that's just what naturally happens. But if they pass the turn and then I do stuff, I have to play a lot more cautiously because I have to think about how are they going to double me if I don't do this, which is the main reason I pass the turn in almost every game. If I don't think I can win the game turn one-ish, I'll just pass it. Interesting. Um, so yeah, that was then turn two. Turn two was the onslaught because I'd moved into range of his eels to first charge. So all, every single eel unit charged uh, into the pinks, but then finished sort of over the top of them. And his Celestant Prime came down. Um, so yeah, uh, the damage was pretty significant. He turned most of the blues into uh, most of the pinks into blues, but there was still three guys left, so I was able to return D six. Um, then the damage output he got, I lost my herald, my exalted flamer, and two both units of three flamers and one flamer off the unit of six. And yeah, that that was pretty significant damage output. Um, but thankfully, his Lord Celestant, uh, I have my Lord Celestant and six flamers side by side, and he chose to attack my Lord of Change with his minus three rend, three damage uh, Lord Celestant. 
but I had five fours in my destiny pull. So for this tournament, the tournament ruling was uh, your saves are ethereal because destiny dice are unmodded, unmodified. And just quick, quickly touch on that. What what do you think about that decision? I wouldn't have minded them changing it, but um, he would have bar- the Lord of Change would have barely lived in, even if it wasn't. But it would have been a lot worse. Uh, for me um but he, yeah he attacked it he got three wounds through and i just pulled three fours because i had five fours in my destiny pull i got quite lucky getting all those fours but um yeah so if he'd chosen to attack the flamers on that turn i think that was game over because i just would have lost all my damage output in one go i could have held on for maybe four more turns before or sorry up until turn four before he started getting ahead on points on me so i got quite lucky there that he forgot that I had Destiny dice for that save, but then sort of he'd already done so much damage that it was a very, very uphill climb from there. So he took out most of my damage output. I had four unbuffed flamers because all his units, none of them had had 10 or more models, which meant my flamers were always hitting on fours and wounding on threes, which whenever I've been hitting on twos and twos mainly over the entire weekend, it was a pretty big adjustment uh, made. So my reaction was uh, get the changeling up the board onto the other side so I have some other place to summon uh, uh, summon blues when it, once I get to that stage and uh, get the flamers on the other side of the board away from all those eels. So then I killed his uh, Celestine Prime with Infernal Gateway because it's only eight wounds and it took about four from attacking. So uh, because my flamers do mortal wounds on the bounce back. So I think he killed one. Fl- no, he did something to wound himself. I can't remember what it was, but uh, Infernal Gateway got the Celestine Prime in one go. And then, and just a quick one on on the prime. You obviously you knew that that was up in the sky to begin with. Is there anything you did during the game to to defend against it or screen against it, or did you just kind of accept that it was going to come down and do something? I actually completely forgot that I I well I didn't forget. I didn't know that it, we I had a sort of a big tar in my deployment, and he put his Celestine Prime at the top of the tar and then flew down twelve inches with his charge because of the way the fly keyword works. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah. His role. So he was always getting in, and then he got a natural 12, didn't even need to change his role. Um, <laughs> That's into the, brutal. I know. Into uh, into the Flamers and the Lord of Change. But uh, then, yeah, uh, I, it, I was just me being an idiot uh, on that. But then, yeah, my turn came around. The Lord Celeste, the Celestine Prime died, and three units of eels died from the flamers and the horrors shooting because the horrors are no slouch in shooting either because they have the blues get two shots each and the flamers get three so 12 inch range uh, five up four up isn't it uh well yes but whenever there's 20 or more models in the unit it becomes they get plus one to hit so it becomes fours and fours uh, ah, and then gotcha. if there's pinks in the unit they there's one spell they know is plus one to hit so it can be threes and fours, or even threes and threes if you've got the Herald wholly within nine of them. Yeah, that all so, starts to starts to combo up, doesn't it? Makes them a, a, yeah. a quite cheeky little deadly unit when you're not really expecting them to be like that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I generally I use them how I use them on stream, uh, where it was just a wall and didn't really care about the Lucas buffs. It was just a hundred wound wall for my opponent to chew through before they get to the squishy flamers. Because if the flamers get in combat, they're usually going to die. Um, the eels just once they were in combat with my horror unit, it took them till about turn four to kill them. 
by which point that was the turn they got to retreat and charge anyway. So I was okay with that. Then I controlled most of the objectives and I was ahead on points and I was pretty confident from that position I could close it out. It got tight at the end. Um, he whiffed on some of his attacks and I managed to retain the three-point center objective and shifting, because we were playing shifting objectives. So one was, if the objective has gone his way, he would he would have been, been in a much better position. But if it was gone onto either of my two objectives, I was pretty sure I was in a good position. And thankfully, it went onto one of my ones over his. So is there anything, apart from, you know, maybe target selection slightly differently, as you mentioned, is there anything uh, Chris could have done differently to change the course of the game? Um, see, I don't know. Um, Zeech is a very, very... Uh, I, don't, I haven't played much with it myself. Conflagration was a last-minute change because I was originally going to play this but then didn't like it, so I don't have much experience with it. But even so, I have a lot of experience with how it plays in general, but not the exact list because it's very similar to how Chainshow's played in uh, the last edition of the book. So it was... I. I always pass the turn in the last edition. It's exactly the same as how I played Conflagration, where you just let them do nothing. And then if you get the double turn, sometimes you can wipe them out. Or sometimes if you don't, if you can't, you just keep passing it until you can get to the stage where you know you can win the game. What was it about you blisters that you didn't like? <sighs> the no retreating, because I felt like after turn one, um, it was just a non-game. And then even turn one, it's just pretty self-explanatory. You teleport up, you pull a nine from your destiny pull, you cast Palisade, job done. And then if they have, if there's no central objectives, it's a lot harder. And if there is, if they have any sort of deep striking or teleporting, which can start off the board, it's also a lot harder. I also think one of the best ways to beat that list is to spread out though. Because if you spread out, you force the pinks to spread out. And then later on, uh, those he'll have to eventually start removing brimstones from one side of the unit or the other which will free it up so that but most of my opponents just deployed very centrally uh whenever i was playing duplicitous in practice so it was much easier but that will be one of my tips to beat duplicitous and um, spread out and what about to uh to beat yours is there anything that people can do to apart from apart from shoot the flamers so shoot the flamers it's like <laughs> it's like just shoot the heroes but just shoot the flamers yeah, um, <laughs> should, if you because you can't really get the flavors from combat, you can't get through the pinks. It's just impossible. Then you can't get you can't cast spells at them, and then you ha you're forced to shoot them. But then even shooting them is super hard because of conflagration's command trait. So anyone wholly within twelve of the Lord of Change is minus one to hit from missile weapons. On top of that, the changeling is going to make a unit minus one to hit and half moved. So you're potentially minus two to hit if you have one sort of important shooting unit. And then I have Destiny dice for saves. So if I have any fives and sixes, I can pull those for saves again. So it's really hard. But if you can get the flamers, get the flamers. So what, what kind of lists would worry you? Caradrons. Um, one drop Caradrons or just Caradrons in general. If the Caradron player knows how to play the Carad how to play them, it, they can just do, they can do 24 wounds to me, no problem, even if they're at minus one to hit. Um, but then it's sort of whoever gets turn one is going to do a lot more damage than the person who doesn't. So it's even then a 50-50 dice roll. The more tech crawlers give me an issue if they would have, if they had been slightly screened better by JP, they would have been more of an issue because he sort of screened off my nine inches, but then didn't screen off the three from the changeling, which then meant I could charge one of them, shutting it down, and then made the other one minus one to hit and half moved. And then whenever it shot the flamers, it was minus two to hit because uh, of my command trait and the changeling, and then I charged the other one. 
So do you, do you think people are going to react hard to, to Zinch? Do you think that they're going to maybe make their armies more vulnerable to other factions? Yeah, I mean, if, if other factions sort of soften up or harden up on Zinch, they soften up on armies like OBR, um, where it's just raw power walking across the table, um, whereas Zinch is more sort of uh, shenanigans uh, with teleporting and changelings and lots of debuffs um, and returning models in the pinks. I, that's just so good because you're turning a 100 wound unit into a 150, 160 wound unit. And you can you can return units, you can turn pinks to a unit that doesn't have pinks in it, can't you? And no, the pinks have to have been in that unit at some stage. Ah, no, sorry, so I'll rephrase that. Them. So so you can start with 10 pinks and then you could yes. kill them, reduce them down to blues or brims, and but then you can then add pinks back to them. Yeah, do and th- then those pinks create more blues and brims. Do you think once you kind of get down to a certain colour, you should then not be able to go back up? I don't know how you'd monitor that, but um, if you sort of put, the only way you could do it would be maybe put uh, pink, say pinks couldn't come back to the unit unless it was with the banner. But it's just, it's really it's they they need to do something to it, and I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if they fixed return you couldn't return pinks other than the banner, but. I don't. I wouldn't expect it to happen. It's a really interesting one. We obviously we are recording this pre FAQ, and uh, and we'll, we, it's just it's a, it's a really interesting kind of time to to look at this list and look at this book and see what Games Workshop do because there has been a huge amount of negativity on Twitter. You know w- what a surprise people on on Twitter are, are grumpy a, a, a powerful army. Uh, but I, I think s- some of it, you know, things like not being able to retreat out of duplicitous. That's the really fr- that's a very frustrating mechanic and uh, phrases like uh, you know negative play experience have been banded about quite a lot. Do you think do you think Zinch is a very negative play experience? Uh, I. I wouldn't say that. It plays not how you'd expect it to play. It doesn't play like the other armies, and therefore it's it's a lot more uh, hard to play against if you don't know how to play against it. Um, best example of that would be in the last edition, I feared Slanesh so much, but I didn't never lost to Slanesh because the Slanesh didn't know how to play it. Um, yeah, uh, it's it. You need to know how. You need to have sort of looked at it, and I think if this. If this change host does become the meta after the FAQ, then people will start to learn how to play against it. And then I think it will be a lot easier. But I mean, no retreating is nothing new. Um, Bone Split is the Bonegrin's War Clan. That has their allegiance ability. You can't retreat from them. Um, just not many people have ever picked it up. But they can do sort of an alpha move, then double move their move characteristic with a hero phase move and tie you up turn one with uh, 30 orcs with a 60 wound blob with a 6 up uh, field no pain. So... Yeah, uh, it's it's not anything new, but I don't it's I don't think it should exist anyway. So what what do you think overall about the kind of the internet reaction to Zint? Well, the interesting thing is it's worse than what it was in the last book because I would much rather I think I would think I could win more games than how it was with how it was in the last book, but it was a lot more complex to play. Whereas this is much easier because you just pick up twelve flamers, uh, put twenty pinks in front of them, and off you go. Um, it's a lot less nuanced like it used to be because I, I remember losing games because I accidentally killed one too many models in my opponent's unit. Um, just weird stuff like that, which you don't think about at the time. Um, change host is a lot uh, easier to play, but it's not as good as what it used to be. Right, okay. So, so you reckon the old book, the old change host was better? Yes. Despite being better. slightly, despite being more restrictive because there's no restrictions on the movement at the moment, are there? 
uh, apart from be outside nine inches. Whereas the old change host was, uh, yeah. you had to be within range of, um, was it 27 inches of yeah. the battalion's lord of change to swap? And then yeah. you swapped the the units kind of with each other, didn't you? Yeah, and then you got like a free nine inch move and then a move in the movement phase. Yeah. And then you could set them up within three and all sorts. And then you could return D6, you could run an endless spell over yourself, then pull a one from your destiny pull to return guys within three. And that kind of shenanigans. There was a lot more of a nuanced, uh, just... Shen- shenanigans, things. like movement yeah. shenanigans, a little tricksy things, whereas this is a bit more, a bit simpler. Yes. I mean... It's kind, of, it's kind of what people have been asking for, but then now that it's here and people have seen it, they're like, no, give us the old thing back. No. <laughs> <laughs> they asked for change and they didn't like the change and now they want it back. Yeah. <laughs> so talking of change in a very thematic uh, thematic topic, let's let's kind of move on to, to two bits about change. So the first question is, what would you change about your list? Now, you mentioned you are going to do a one day with Kairos. Is that something that you're thinking of doing? you know in the future in general was that just something you're testing out for one day no this is just um this is the final event at, uh, of our northern irish season um just our rankings that go from february to february so this is the final event uh, for us so i just brought out um, a nice fun list for, for this weekend um it's kairos a lord of change and just as many flamers as i could possibly get with no screens <laughs> nice and fun <laughs> <laughs> yep and so to kind of if you were to re-attend a, a heat or let's say the the gt final was 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 next weekend what what would you change about your list i, w- I would change the changeling i i want more screens in the army little just if i could get two more units of brimstones if i put the changeling up in my opponent's territory turn one and I don't go forward and I choose to castle, they kill the changeling and then it's done nothing. Whereas if I have more screens, it would protect against lists like Chris Myhills, which are alpha strike lists. Um, and, and given given that you think OBR's a fairly decent matchup for you anyway, yeah, do you definitely. need do you need the changeling? You know, if, if that's if that's something that you're happy with, yeah. do you need I it mean, to shut down game, the cats? Game one, um well first of all, if they really want, they can screen it off. Yeah. It is possible. And then game one, I played OBR, and then I didn't. I I put the changeling in their territory, but I didn't go for the crawler. I was sort of I was fairly confident that if I put the changeling in to tie up the other side of their army and used it as sort of a summoning beacon, that was how it was mostly used. If it was used well, but then in some matchups, if they win the if they go second, which is how I normally like to play it, um, they just charge like a tiny backline unit into it, and it's gone. Uh, so it doesn't. It, I didn't find it relevant enough that I I would prefer ten more brims or twenty two sets of ten more brims just to screen off the backline. And also that that then defends against the lists that have or the list that gave you the most drama at the weekend. Yeah, I mean alpha strike or deep striking lists. Those are sort of alpha strikes which can get past my screen and deep striking lists because I have to sort of screen properly against those and ten brims and was quite difficult. So some some games I actually didn't even redeploy the changeling i used him as sort of a character just to board off an 18 inch radius Mm, yeah that's that's really interesting so uh next topic on change and this is a kind of uh this is what a lot of people have been been raging about they think they think it needs faqing or they think it needs adjusting what what do you think needs changing about the army is it is it too powerful is it uh, is the other battalions too too cheap what are there any mechanics that you think need adapting um are there any 
uncertain things that just need a genu- genuine FAQ, or or do you think uh, the the meta just needs to adapt to to this new book? So after game five on stream, um, Sam, I had a chat, five quick five minute chat with him, and he was asking me a couple of questions. Uh, big shout out to Stan and Steve for running the event as well. They were great all weekend, but. Um, yeah, Sam, I had a quick chat with him about uh, what I thought they would change and not sort of change as in what's obvious changing, like the simple stuff like Destiny Dice, what nerf should be in there. So my recommendations was remove uh, horrors from the no retreating part of duplicitous because if you can't be bogged down by the 100 wound unit, then it's fairly reasonable duplicitous and then sort of remove some of the flamers buffs to shooting. So the aura of mutability, that artifact, bring it down to melee only so my flamers can't get to twos to wound and they're always wounding on threes so that's always sort of a three up roll before they get through and there's no way you can buff that that i've seen in zinch so far uh, and then the other thing for the flamers is remove uh bring the exalted flamer down to re-roll ones to hit rather than plus one to hit yeah it's interesting because there's a lot of re-rolls in the game and i can see that uh, you know games workshop wanted to maybe slow you could see it in how they changed the plague monk scroll uh, they might want to remove some of the stuff that slows down the game so the kind of endless re-rolls but then in in adding plus ones when the rest of the game is re-rolling you're kind of it's yeah. kind of quite temporarily quite um quite different well the thing is you can still some people were bringing uh, the fate master on disc so they could re-roll all field hit rolls anyway so you can get re-rolls to hit still. Uh, so I think the New Zealand Masters list, he had a Fate Master in it. So he was on twos and twos re-rolling hit rolls. I didn't think it was necessary. And I thought if I play a list like that and I have the drop on it, I win. Mm. So that was my sort of reasoning for not taking it. But you can still get those re-rolls. So I think if you put an Exalted in and said re-roll ones, that would make it a lot more reasonable. And can you see a, can you see a change in, in cost coming for some of the uh, battalions? Do you think change host is is a is a bargain at one hundred and eighty? Um, I think that's fairly reasonable. Um, yeah, D- despite I mean, it, the fact that it's got no uh, no limitations on the move. Well, you, it does. You have to kill if you you have to have the Lord of Change. Ah, okay, yes, but but there's no you know once you Lord of Change as long as you Lord of Change is alive, there's no limitations. It's yes. it's two units anywhere on the board. Mm, I I would that's one of the things I wouldn't change because I think if you if you change the other the units in it the teleport gets worse inherently. I mean I actually didn't use the teleport much to be honest. I teleport the only time I actually teleported two units was once against Chris Myhill over the entire weekend. Generally sometimes I didn't even teleport at all. In fact most of the time I didn't teleport at all. It was sort of the main reason I forgot to do it on stream because I rarely did it at all over the weekend um it was yeah i did it i teleported two units once over the entire weekend and just walked forward with my pinks and my flamers behind them in a line and just uh was if they come at the wall of pinks because if i break that line of walls i open up uh, my attack to the flamers on the flanks or because i didn't have enough screens that's the main reason i would put the screens in because it would allow me to defend against things like things that teleport or have super high moves yeah fair enough and then what about let's revisit the destiny dice thing do you think being unmodifiable is that's gonna change that's 100%. gonna you reckon that's gonna change yeah that that will be changed i don't think that's how they intended it so they, they rolled it for the weekend like that and I, do you think that's given them enough as evidence to to realize that that was not necessarily the right thing to do 
at the moment that's how it's written but i think it will get faq'd but it's i don't think it's how they intended to write it yeah no i think i think that will um that will help address some of the issues because like you know as you say you had those all those fours and unmodifiables it's essentially an unrendable save or it's un and there's there's lots of there's plenty of battle shock immunity you know in in the game but uh but being able to combo it with destiny dice is it can feel a bit you can feel a bit cheated can't you yeah, no, definitely. If I didn't have those ethereal saves against Chris Myhill, he'd won the game on that turn. So I definitely think that will change. But because um, I, I never think, I don't think that's how they ever intended it to be written. Um, I think that will be just be clarified, and they'll just say uh, that you can't use it. Uh, they might just say you can't even use it on Battleshock because I mean, pulling a one to return D six pinks is bad enough. <laughs> I mean, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah, because that's not just D six pinks, is it? Yeah, I, I honestly wouldn't mind if they just took Battle Shock out of the thing because it would also mean there's nine because there's no ten things you can use Destiny dice for that was originally oh, designed to be nah, nine. No, nah, nah, there's got to be nine. Come I know. on, you got to stick to the narrative. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. So uh, it's it's tough for you to play against MSU lists. It's tough for you to play against shooting lists and anything that can kind of get you to get the drop on your flamers. Well, I think Chris Myhill's list was good because it con- could control where I had to shoot and but with it, all his little units. So if I shot my flamers, I had to shoot them all into one unit, and I couldn't split fire mm. easily unless I positioned them right. And so, so what would you say to players facing? What kind of bits of advice would you give to players facing lists like yours? Um, kill the flamers, kill the flamers, um, or kill the heroes. Uh, kill the I know, kill the heroes. It's just if you can <laughs> in, do in it, alternating but, caps, right? <laughs> yeah, if you if you can kill the Lord of Change, it will shut down Duplicitous quite heavily if you can kill the flamers it'll shut down conflagration i think killing the flamers is a lot easier than killing the heroes as well Mm, just given uh, the amount of minus ones you've got yeah because every two wounds you do a flamer that's one that's less damage coming your way whereas every if you do 13 wounds to a lord of change it's still there yeah and it's not not impact it's you know not not negatively impacting it's uh it might degrade in profile but you're still casting at full whack aren't you you're still casting at full i mean it does degrade its uh, infernal gateway spell but that's the only thing but yeah exactly that's you know it's it's not like it's significantly de- degrading it to a to a point where it's it feels like it's worth doing those 13 wounds you'd much rather put 13 wounds on flamers wouldn't you yes um if because that's if you put 13 wounds on flamers that's half that's over half my flamers gone so that's just the damage goes so quickly uh, once those flamers start going down, especially if their buffs start going down. So if you start taking out the things like the Herald and the Exalted Flamer, and I'm down to sort of natural rolls, that gets really tricky. Right. Well, Chris, thanks ever so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, hopefully this is this is of, of interest to our listeners, given that it's a, it's a very kind of hot topic at the moment. So um, did you want to do any shout outs for Twitter or your gaming um, club or anything like that? Yeah. Shout out to the local gaming club at Exploding Dice. Uh, yeah uh, just the northern irish community in general it's it's really it's really good over here great community um yeah that, that's it mainly uh thanks for having me as well not at all not at all and you are at diceologist on twitter as well aren't you yes um fantastic yeah. <laughs> so the final two questions we ask this of every every guest on on the podcast if you could protect one thing about age of sigma let's say it's been written rewritten from the ground up for a new version you could protect only one thing about age of sigma what would it be and if you could change one thing about Age of Sigma and the rest of the game was never going to uh, never going to change for the rest of the sort of eternity, what would that be? Keep Zinch and Chuck Nurgle. There we go. <laughs> now let's talk about mechanics. Let's talk about game mechanics or something like that. Um, let's see. Um, I feel like I feel like Destiny Dice and Zinch. I wouldn't mind if they 
weren't there if that was a change and then things to protect um or well no actually change that teleports i would get rid of teleports they're just so stupid as, as a mechanic overall as a mechanic in general just remove all teleports okay and, and why is that um it's just change it change it because you have to screen off from everywhere on the board you have to protect everywhere with it and then sometimes it's random so you can't guarantee it so things like uh, hand of gork if you get that if orcs get that off it's super brutal and if they don't it's pretty naff um then so what, yeah. what how would you i mean is that teleports like once things are on the game or on the board so you'd keep deep strike in would, would deep strike be, be allowed deep, in deep this deep strike will be allowed yeah but, uh, but it's teleports. the kind of once once things are on the game or on the board rather yeah. they're, they're they're staying feet on the ground as it were yeah. what mechanic would you want in the game that would represent let's say a kind of something like a teleporting seraphon a move of some kind, say a five-inch move, okay. something something small, sort of like what Big Wah, uh coming rock is, where you get a sort of a free move. Or, or even if it was a longer-range move, something that was kind of bound yeah. to the limitations of, of its move anyway, rather than kind of a, a pick-up and reappear, it would be just a long move to represent yeah. that. Uh, that would be, that'd be so much better than a teleport, I think. Okay, so what, why is it you think that teleports are, are bad for the game? It's less strategy, a lot less strategy, because you're just, you're just picking something up and you can alpha strike with it. You can pick off back lines, which means a lot of screening has to happen. Yeah, I, I just don't, I would prefer if there wasn't teleports, it'd be a lot less thinking. Fair enough. That. Coming from a change host player as, as well, that's a, a yeah. bold shout. So what about something you'd protect? Um, hmm, see, I don't, I don't know. Um... What what one aspect of Age of Sigmar do you think is it kind of defines the game for you? You know what what's so what's the best bit about it that you wanna you wanna see continue? The rule about ones always fail and sixes always uh, six always hit that because I remember in first edition whenever that wasn't the case and I had uh, I had a load of arrows shooting a star drake on sevens which weren't hits so I couldn't shoot it. Mm. That just was so stupid. And you had Mongols at minus two and things like that, and it just became yeah. awful for goblins. And it was stacked, rather. so minus four to hit. Yeah. Imagine that Geminids now minus five to hit. Nothing <laughs> Be horrible, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's really interesting. That's the first. That's actually the first time someone's used that. So that's a really interesting, uh, interesting thing to keep. And I think definitely, definitely something I hope I hope remains in the game because it's important to kind of on that we've mentioned NPEs, non uh, negative play experiences. Um, I think that certainly a core mechanic that produces NPEs in the game yeah. is definitely something that that shouldn't exist. So being able to always hit is is definitely a crucial point in the game. Well, Chris, thank you. As I say, thank you very much for joining us and. Uh, hopefully we'll get a game in at some point when, when you're next over on the, on the mainland yeah yeah um, I'm stuck here for about another four months with GCSEs coming up but, uh, yeah <laughs> well hopefully. good luck in your exams mate <laughs> and uh, we'll uh, we'll see when you got these pesky exams out of the way thanks take care cheers thanks for listening to Priority Roll if you want to get in touch with us we're at Priority Roll on both Twitter and Instagram you can send us an email priorityrollpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message. If you want to leave us some feedback, we're always looking to improve. Or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows, then feel free to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening to Priority Roll. Priority Roll.